It is 9.33. Joining me now is our good friend, Ms. Barb Lampson for Gardening with Barb and Karen. Hey, Barb, it was beautiful the last few days to be outside and working in the garden. Oh, Karen, it goes without saying. I mean... It was like <coughs> fall. I felt like it was just... Oh, I did too. I was out last night at the lake house and it was just so beautiful. I uh, was I planted a, an arborvitae shrub that I had dug up earlier and and planted in a new space and I weeded the entire hillside of all the jewel weed because there was so much so just a great night to do it. I, I know it just seems like um, after supper I have a good supper spend some time with my family and then I catch my second wind <laughs> and I'm ready to stay out until it gets really dark so <clears throat> we were out till about nine o'clock it, it was it was absolutely great I mean um I would like to complain that we don't get enough rain. But oh, we <coughs> don't. And I mean, we really no. do need some. Yeah, it's dry. We, and that's true. But honestly, this past week really made up for it in but this coming temperature. Week, this yes. coming week is going to be not, it's going to be very hot and we don't have the rain. So I know I'm prepared to get out and do some right. watering, especially of those new plants that I've put in. And, and again, the big thing I have now is the uh, lilies are still blooming strong. You know, the Asiatics are almost done, but now I've got the Oriental lilies yep. blooming yes. and the day lilies are blooming, Barb. Yes. It's just a cacophony of beauty and my hardy hibiscus are in full bloom. So it's just, it's just in its full glory now. Uh, it, it is wonderful. And you know, the uh, Black-eyed Susans, there's so many variations. Cone flowers, yeah, yep. And, and those, yeah, they're blooming. It's, uh, oh, and the hydrangeas are starting to bloom. Yes. And we both have that uh, vanilla strawberry or mm -hmm. strawberry vanilla. Yes. And that starts out very light. So And then it turns a beautiful, different shades of pink and uh, and almost And then finally reds. it gets almost brown. Yeah, yeah. then it turns to yeah. browns. Yes. You know, a lot of people will take those when they turn brown and spray paint them and use them in decorations for holiday um, for holiday decorations and things. Oh, sure. And, and just to cut them and put them in your planter boxes outside, yeah. you know, to give a little life, a little color, a little something other than that white snow that we have. So that's a great idea. And if you look right now on the boulevard plantings that the city does, um, they're just blooming like crazy there too. They have some real short varieties. You know, you can't have really tall things on the boulevard and and they they look really really great so have you ever grown the globe thistle i know we don't <gasps> like thistles but the globe <coughs> thistle it's got kind of thistly it's kind of prickly but it's grown for well it's also known as an echinop is that how you say it e yes e it is echinop yeah but they have giant balls <coughs> at the top that are beautiful purple i have never seen more bees on anything last year i planted them and they didn't really bloom because you know they take a while to sure. get established because i planted them from bare root and this year they are amazing they're about three feet tall and there are so many of these purple uh, purplish blue balls on top right i have so many <coughs> bees, bumblebees, and it. I mean, last night I was out in the garden and I saw one looked at it, it was turning kind of brown. I thought, oh, I'll take you know, deadhead this one, and sh I didn't because there was bees all over it. Sure. I was like, oh my goodness. Now, I have been raising those for probably, um, oh, 35, oh. at least 35 years. See, it the, was new to me last year. Yeah, the same plant, and believe it or not, it it isn't the easiest plant 
to dig out and start dividing. Oh, no, it, it has a huge taproot because last yes. year I realized I had planted them too close together. I had got five of them and I sure. had thought they wouldn't even grow because they were bare roots. And so Jeff and I dug one. We dug down and down and down and it was at least yeah. a good yeah. 18 inches and or two feet. And if you do it early in the spring or late in the fall and uh, I have uh, moved mine around to three different gardens oh, and at the trick is after you do that you better water for a while yes it has to get acclimated but you're right it, they are just gorgeous not to be confused with the uh, the green onion the um, um, alliums alliums in which well, also have nice purple balls too they they do but this is a different shade of purple the, um this is really an intense color and they're tall and they're almost like um the stem is uh it, it's hard i mean it's all and it, 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 it branches out a lot too and the does. thing is if you touch it though those those leaves on there can be prickly like thistles yes, yes they're they not are. as bad as some thistles but right. i still wear gloves when i handle yeah, them yeah 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 and you're right i mean uh the bees love them there's flies on them that they, they attract lots of different things so we have had lots of uh insects and pollinators in our garden but i haven't I found one Japanese beetle early on, and I, I shouldn't brag, but I haven't had any since. Well, I, was, I have seen some, but it's been nothing like I've had in the past years right. where I've had so many that, I mean, I just get buckets and buckets. I mean, I will see a few here and there. So I don't know if, if it's like a cyclic thing with them, because you know how they say some bugs come back in, in sure. years that's more cycles. Or was it you that said to me, you think maybe yeah. they got, um, with all the drought and things, maybe yeah. that impacted them? I don't know. Yeah, it just seems to me like, because we know that the larvae, uh, really, uh, the Japanese beetle lays her egg, and they like those moist yes. lawns that w the roots are nice and moist in that. And uh, with this drought, maybe they didn't survive. Well, and I didn't water my lawn. The ones that water their lawns a lot might have uh, yeah, some more because they were able to survive and thrive in there. But I didn't, and so uh, digging down, there really wasn't any moisture for them to to that's exactly to grow. Right. So yeah, you know, <clears throat> I was out to one of my favorite nurseries but then I have to say every nursery I go to is my favorite <laughs> because they always have something that I come home with and I bought always. another flocks oh. flocks and, and, and it's the tall garden flocks that we're talking about here not the ground cover the creeping ones you generally bloom in the spring yeah and you know but I'll just digress a minute and say that is a good ground cover. If you have a spot that's hot, the creeping full blocks, sun, I mean. yeah. yes, they do really well. And, and, and you do get that color. It doesn't last too long, but it's great for the pollinators. So they have their place. But honestly, I just love the tall garden flocks. I have um, a variegated leaf, a green and white. I have every shade of... Uh, magenta and purple and lavender and they have such flexibility so yesterday i found and i'm going to show you this this is mystique green and um it has the most gorgeous blooms on it so this is a type of, <coughs> of, of uh, cultivar of flocks then yes it is wait a minute it's got it's actually green 
the the actual flowers are green with a little pink in the middle. That's an interesting. Uh, but the but the flowers aren't. Maybe it's at different stages. Yeah. But right now, uh, the stage is um, there's a pink in the middle, yeah. and then the outside is white. Oh, it's white. Okay. Yeah. Because it looked kind of green in your picture. Yeah, you just showed me. Well, you know these pictures, how deceptive they are. But I'm sure that this is what they will look. What you know okay. is it. Because they're just starting to open up. This is just great. It's for zones four to eight. Um, and uh, Now, you just planted this then? I, I just brought it home last oh, night. Well, so if you're planting I, now and we're going to have this big heat wave, boy, you got to be careful. Because I have seen on my Facebook garden group, so many people will bring something home from the, the garden center. It looks beautiful, of course, where it's taken care of. And they plop it in the ground and think, okay, it's going to be good. And then <coughs> then in a few days, they say, why is it doing this? Well, because it's so stressed. In fact, sure. a lot of times when you're going to have this hot, 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 humid, icky weather, I would just keep it in the garage or away it, and not plant it until it gets decent and nice and this cooler. Is, this is what I've done with the, all of the things that I brought home is I put them into a bigger pot okay. and mm-hmm. with new soil. And then I set them um, on the floor of my greenhouse, which stays rather cool, keeps the sun off from them. And then I watch them carefully and water them. Uh, don't, you know, try and do everything that you can so you don't stress the plant. But you know, I even go as far, and I've told you this before, as far as if I think that I planted something and it's going to be bad weather, I will take a tomato cage and put a tomato cage around it and then I will clothespin like a, a burlap bag or something to sure. prevent the wind or sun from beating down on it and then it has a chance to acclimate if for some reason you planted it and there's some weird weather yeah. so you have to do that in it yeah it's like babying yeah. it really yeah. with the drought you really need to oh, and special. you know if you're going to uh, put this plant someplace where you didn't have something planted before but you had a vacant spot you want to be sure and take out plenty of that old dirt and to mix it with some compost, some really good compost, and, and sphagnum moss would help, and maybe a very, very light fertilizer, but being sure that that's at the very bottom of what the hole, where the roots can reach it in time, not now. You know, it's interesting, a lot of times what when people on the, the Facebook will have a plant that looks bad, everybody's advice, I mean, that aren't master gardeners, will say, fertilize, it needs fertilizer, and, and sometimes when a plant is stressed, <coughs> that's the worst thing you can do is just throw a yeah. bunch of new fertilizer because yeah. a lot of times it's not able to take that up anyway and it'll distress sure. it more yeah that is so true um <clears throat> one of the discussions i've had this week with with different people um has been oh my potted plants look so terrible and i'm so terror tired of watering them well, well you know don't it, have potted plants then <laughs> if you just take them and, and bring them in, put them in your garage or in your porch or someplace like that, and then just check on them. The other thing is... Well, you can't leave them in there because they need the sunlight, obviously. Well, but, but you could... But just so they recover. They oh, don't, sure, right. And then they'll, they'll come back, and then when you put them out... I mean, I've got my um, patio chairs 
in different beds around my house. It looks really weird. And sometimes the puppies, when they're outside, they can jump up on a chair. They'll be up there, and they'll be sitting and watching me. So basically, you are creating little shade pockets. or, or yes. Yeah, yeah and, and I do the same thing. So I'm sure people, <coughs> when they drive by my house, too, probably think I'm weird as well. But but with anything in a container, the other thing is um, a lot of people complain at the toward the end of the summer, things start to look really shaggy or gross. Well, it's a lot of times you, because you're continuing to water them, it's leaching out any nutrients. So you have That's to true. always add a, a, well, I do a reduced, um, oh, what, what, what do I want to say, solution of, of liquid fertilizer when I water every time. So that way it's continually getting the nutrients and it's not just getting washed out. And plus, uh, like petunias and things, I will give them a trim every now and then so yeah. they don't get leggy because then they'll come back more fresh. Trimming is really, really yes. important. And deadheading. Some things will... Uh, automatically deadhead themselves right. uh, but uh, some of the bigger things certainly can't you know like the flocks that I'm just so in love with the tall garden flocks you really have to deadhead them if you let them go to seed um, they will spread and then pretty soon you've just got uh, it's just coming up all over. Do you remember when I for, we first got that lake house the whole entire yard so we got it in December so in the spring everywhere there was Flocks, 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 every, I mean, it had gone to seed over the years, and uh, pretty much I've got it down in one little, little patch, but that is so true, so I've just had to be diligent about, because I don't want it every sure. year, but yeah, it does sure. go to seed, so. Yeah, exactly, it's well worthwhile, and <clears throat> sometimes you will have a clump that has enlarged, and in, in so doing, it wasn't just the roots of the original one, but it was the seeds that dropped down and you didn't realize that. Now, all of a sudden, you've got a patch. Maybe the smallest part of that plant is this beautiful color, but it's in the middle. And then you have to try and get it out. And that can be a real problem. You have to do it when it's blooming because otherwise you just don't know what you've got. And you mean, does that happen because it doesn't <laughs> come back true to seed? Is that why... There, it, that's exactly right. Okay. They're so hybridized, yeah. Do you know what's looking fantastic now in my <laughs> garden are the, the dahlias. Oh, my goodness. The dahlias I have are just amazing. They're like four feet tall, and they are just just crazy, going like crazy. And see, these are the ones I kept the bulbs over the winter, and when I brought them out, I thought that they had dried up too much and were going to mm-hmm. die. I was going to throw them out. And Harvey said, our good friend Harvey says, you give them to me. Let me see what I can do. And sure enough, I had about 10 that he got going, so I got... <laughs> Oh, well, because Harvey, the magic of Harvey, he's <coughs> he's so good with dahlias. But you know what l- loves the dahlia blooms is earwigs. Really? Because when I go there and I, I picked a bunch and sure enough, all these little stinking sure, little earwigs sure. come out. You know, earwigs also, sometimes I'll, um, well, all the time, when I come home from swimming, um, I'll put my uh, swimming suit to dry in the porch or I'll hang it out on the deck and it, they love to be in a wet place. Uh, they they go into there, and you, before you bring it in, you have to be sure and <laughs> shake, shake it out, out really good that you don't bring earwigs in with you. I just wanted to say one more thing about uh, uh, potted plants that aren't doing well for you. When you bring, um, if you're going to have uh, just a single plant in one pot, or if you're going to have a mixed planting, be sure that you've got a pot that's really big enough for these roots to expand and it has good drainage with good soil. And just because you buy potting soil, I have had 
really some bad experiences with potting soil. Some of it, it looks nice. It's, it's what we call friable. You can just run it through your fingers. And then once it, you get your plant in there and you start adding water and that, it clumps together. And yes, and it shouldn't do that. So no, no. I've had cases where I've gotten bad bad soil as well so i mean that's the thing and even with within a brand sometimes you can get bad batches or something about the only thing you can do at that point then is to use like i call it a dibble but it's like a chopstick and go in and aerate and and do that every single day area 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 and if you can work in a little sphagnum i mean that that's a good thing too but um uh, it really isn't your fault it's just you know Maybe it was the soil, maybe the pot was too, it just wasn't deep enough. You know, you know, a lot of times, a lot of nurseries or even big box stores will sell those hanging baskets um, with beautiful, they look in the spring, they, you know, the very nice, but those are always, I'm almost always too small for the, the plants to, you know, because when they put them in, they're so small. So a lot of people don't understand why they aren't doing well because they're right. just, with all the roots they have, they're just not big enough with enough soil to do well. So yeah. if they're doing bad in a... That's probably why. You know, when you talk about saving your uh, dahlias, roots are so interesting. Mm. I had a caladium, and it was uh, a white one uh, with white and with green. And uh, it it just didn't, it was just, it looked like it was just gone. But there was a little piece of that caladium. And I thought, hmm, it's almost like a, a rhizome <laughs> on a iris it it had that texture to it and so I put it in uh, with another plant and do you know it sprouted I see that's a Harvey has that magic too and I always give up on them too early so you were yeah, maybe you were ready yeah. to give up too early on them well you know if you've got uh, if you've got plenty of pots and you've got different sizes and you've got good saucers to put under them too so that's the thing about uh, when you water in a pot. If you don't have a saucer, the water drains right through. It goes into the soil or it goes on the sidewalk or wherever. You need to have that saucer there. So it goes in there. It gives the plant a chance to take up what it wants. And you'll probably find if you, if you do that, you're going to have a much healthier plant. Now, after it rains... The plant has had a chance to get plenty of moisture. You want to go through and empty the water in those saucers. You don't want it to be standing around in water. Yeah, you'll get root rot if you, you let yeah, it do it that. Yeah, it doesn't take long either. So I've been in a battle at my house. I don't know if I've mentioned this to you or not, but with voles. So yes. I um, <laughs> put my little traps out. And I have, uh, at the lake house, I've caught, oh, maybe four or five. And at the house in Mankato, I think I've caught four so far. But you know what? So a lot of them are being tripped without catching anything. Yes. It's those darn little chipmunks that are doing that. Yes. I, I could Because they're big enough, they don't get caught, and then right. they eat all the peanut butter off. Yes. And <laughs> we actually had uh, um, a smaller live trap out for the chipmunks. Okay. But, I mean, they go in there and they get what they want. And they, they get take off again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, so I said, I don't know. Maybe I should get a rat trap. I don't want to. I don't oh, like no. to hurt anything. But, no, but no. I mean, the voles are, I've noticed they have been chewing on some of my vegetables in my raised beds. And so yes. I'm like, nope, you're not going to eat my vegetables. 
Yes. Well, my neighbor has a cat that, that's outside, and the cat will catch them and bring them up and put them on the step for her. So <laughs> thank I, you. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, cats are really good when they do things like that. Well, the the one thing I do am careful with. I've done this in the past where you leave the trap out, and sometimes birds will be attracted to peanut sure. butter. So I will now like I and if I put them out in like a garden somewhere I put like a pot or something over them because I've had actually I've got birds and I feel just terrible so I will put something over so the birds can't get them but the sure. the rodents can yeah right yeah um, I was going to say that this um, is the month now um, the second half of July and the first two weeks in August when our iris go dormant and uh, it seems like I'm always dividing and replanting mine. Uh, They grow really fast. And especially for me, it's what we call the miniatures. And sometimes they don't look like a miniature. They get up to be, you know, 10 inches tall. But they are in that category. And the rhizomes are coming right on top. And I have to lift them out and uh, trim them back and then get them replanted again. Well, a lot of times they get too thick. And then once they get too thick, they don't bloom anymore nicely. Right. like they used to so I've got some too so are you going to be dividing yours soon and how do you do it um well I I'm going to work at uh, I'm going to start with those those uh miniature ones first okay I'll take those because I have them right on the edge of the garden so that you can see them so those are easy to come out and do that but uh I'm going to just go ahead and use a spading fork and and lift underneath them, loosen up the soil, and then I can just lift them out. I'll take off. You can tell uh, they don't need that whole rhizome that's there. And, you know, a lot of people think that you bury that rhizome in the ground. No, they like to be really almost on the top. They do. So it's the roots that come out of the rhizome. The little hairy things. Yeah, you Yeah. And you don't want to cut it, make it so small that, you know, like if you order mail order, you'll get just a small little piece of rhizome and a few dried out. Yeah, because the energy's in that bulb part, the rhizome part. Yeah, Yeah. right. So leave that there. And um, if they're staying in your own yard, you really don't have to dip them in uh, a Hylex, um, Hylex, a bleach water. You can, you can just, because... You know what you've got there. If you're going to give them to somebody else, just plunge them in that water. You want to make sure that you're not transporting any iris bore eggs and giving them that. They would not appreciate that. Let them dry off, and and then you plant them. So I did discover that one of my beautiful irises earlier this year that bloomed, and I know it's a rebloomer, had the borer because all of a sudden it started to die and the, the root was like all smushy and mushy. So oh, what yeah. should I do with that now? Because I didn't, I, <clears throat> I just kind of left it and didn't do anything with I it. I would take, I would gently take it out and and you're going to see it, it's so easy for that iris borer to keep going. So if there was anything adjacent to that and yep. it, it looks healthy now, it may not be. Oh. And those eggs are there. I would take them I would take that out too. And throw it away? No. Um, if there isn't any damage on that oh. one, I, but I would um, use that bleach water. It's a, it's like a nine parts yeah, water to one part bleach, I believe yeah, is what it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 10% or something. 10%, that's it. Okay, oh. and just soak it or no, you just, you just dip it in? You just dip okay. them in. And um, now I've read two things. 
after you've dipped them in bleach, and then you wait a few minutes, and then you dip them in clear water to wash that off. But I don't know. Um, I think most insects, eggs, things like that might last more than a few seconds. So I just, I've just left it. I just dip them in the bleach water, okay. which is so mild. And uh, and then let them dry off, and then you let them dry off. First. Yeah, okay. I do, I do. Yeah, all right. Exactly. So we got a uh, a text here from uh, one of our listeners. We were chatting earlier. We were bragging kind of about how we didn't have that many Japanese beetle. Well, Matt of Mankato says I've been catching thousands of Japanese beetles in my vineyard this year. Well, wow. and grapes are one of their favorite foods Absolutely. too. And Absolutely. if he has a vineyard, I'm wondering if it's out <coughs> maybe in the country more or. Uh, and I know there's been a lot of people in my neighborhood have been using that milky spore to kill the grubs too. So, um, so Matt, we're sorry to hear that. <laughs> yes, we definitely are. Oh. It's um, <clears throat> hopefully, you know, I'll bet you too with grapes. I'll bet he's really watering them well. So he's probably got the perfect conditions. <clears throat> yeah, for them. So yeah, I, you know, um, we don't really have a. a a firm good answer on what you can do and if you use a pesticide I mean you have to have something because you're going to be eating those grapes and also you think about it you sp- you're spraying up in the air there's a pesticide drift and um, that can that can travel into you lots of other things in your yard in your garden it can travel to your neighbors so there's quite a range for for most of those uh so i don't know whatever you're doing matt i hope i hope that if you're picking them i hope you just keep doing that uh, you know if you've got a crop <coughs> though that is why sometimes people who are farming with a larger crop Sometimes they do resort to pesticides and things oh, sure because sometimes do. it's just way too much. Oh yeah, exactly. Hey Barb, we got to mention this. I mentioned this earlier. We we're going to chat about this. So you know, every spring the Minnesota River Valley Master yes. Gardeners have a plant sale. They well, do. this is the first time that I, since I've been involved anyway, that they've ever this fall they're having a sale. Actually, not fall. It's a still summer on Saturday, August thirteenth. And they're doing a perennial plant sale, meaning, of course, they're not going to be selling your garden vegetables like you'd start in the spring. So perennials, things that come back year after year, and it will be things like hostas, lilies, irises, native grasses, flowers, and more. And it will be uh, Saturday, August 13th, 10 a.m. at the Mazaya Church parking lot, which is on the hill in uh, Upper North Mankato, 1706 Lee Boulevard, and North Mankato. And they used to hold a... um, farmer's market there but then it moved to south central college so people if you want to get some nice uh, plants this is a great way to do it cash or check only it says and the proceeds benefit community projects conducted by the master gardeners right this is the first time for a fall sale it's um i guess it's something they're going to try and see how it goes yeah (coughs) yeah you know it's going to depend on well some diehard um gardeners like us i mean we're we're we continue buying and moving <laughs> things around and dividing until right um uh, well, until, until the can't. frost comes almost <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah but um there still is from august until september that's that's a good month in there to plant to yes. plant right if it, before you have to worry about frost in fact fall is the best time to plant your grasses and a lot of times trees oh, even. it is yeah. it is absolutely yeah. so we'll be talking more about that barb we're almost out of time but i i did want to mention before 
uh, we go that it is the Blue Earth County Fair, and I know there's uh, yes. displays. I haven't <coughs> been out there, but Master Gardeners of Blue Earth County have uh, a booth out there, I'm sure. Yes, they, they yes. I just wanted to mention, too, that um, uh, Tuesday is this coming Tuesday night is night to unite ah, yes. so if your neighbors are having an event or if you think you could host one please do that it's so good it it, it strengthens your neighborhood it is so beneficial I ran around with invitations <laughs> and people who weren't home I taped them up to their door and I hope we'll see them we have the last two years we haven't had night to unite so oh, we're sure. kind of just anxious to get together well, that's wonderful. Thanks, Barb. It's always great to have you on, and happy gardening. Thank you, Karen. All right.